Hey folks, this is Robert Rankin Walker here with Chords, Vines, and Dines. Hi, this is Robert Schuler with Melissa's Produce, and you're listening in on Chords, Vines, and Dines. There's a mystical road somewhere that takes you to the North Country. Tell me it's beautiful there Up in the North Country Heading for the North Country Going to the North Country Some of my friends are Hello, Cat. We are Chords, Vines, and Dines, and happy 4th of July, Tom. Happy 4th of July, and uh, I think it's going to be a good one this year. I have I, I have a feeling in my bones. You do. It's hot already. Uh, we knew it was coming. It, we That's inevitable, but uh, it's here. It is here, and it's, it's not too bad. It could be worse. What a great show we have for you. We've got uh, our old dear friend, Sally Champlin, now, old as in, she's been a friend for a long time, not yes. she's old. <laughs> and uh, your friend, Barry Keenan, and uh, really so excited to hear what, what a bio he has. We had a star-studded show today. <laughs> and we, uh, on, what was it, this week has just disappeared. Was it Friday? Friday we went to Fallbrook mm-hmm. and visited with Rick and Lisa Meyer, who have uh, Mayer. I keep saying Meyer, but it's Mayer. And they are producers of Limoncello. <laughs> Boy, did we have a tasting. Boy, did we have a lot of Limoncello. Yes, and we have a lot of lemons that they sent yes. us home with. Yes, we do. It was wonderful. It was really nice getting to know them, and our interview with them will be on next Sunday's show. Yes, it will. Very excited about all of that. And look at what we're looking at. Look at what's right in front of us. And she's got, as I say that, Mama Cat has a... Uh, a Moscato, a, a green Moscato grape in her mouth. Mm-hmm. And you first heard Moscato and you went, ew, I don't like Moscato wine. But how about those grapes? The grapes are delicious. Oh, they're fab. We have red and green Moscato grapes. We have a um, French Charente is my guess, best guess at how to pronounce it. Melon from Costa Rica, uh, Dominican Republic. Mission figs. We have mangoes. I believe those are from Mexico. Apricot. The grapes are apricots uh, just what a bounty and, and our baby heirloom tomatoes and i'll let you do the uh, review on those for me <laughs> i love tomatoes I know. speaking of heirloom tomatoes i got a, a purple tomato oh the atomic going, grape atomic grape and they look like little miniature um eggplants they they're amazing looking they're I, just uh, i posted pictures on facebook and everybody says sorry those are those are eggplants and i said no they are tomatoes <laughs> But they are, I'm, they're not quite ripe yet. I'm watching them because uh, they change colors. They go green to purple and then kind of maybe mellow out. So I'm excited to try them when they're ready. Yeah. And then uh, I got some cheese. I got I, I Turkey, made a, bacon. Look at all this bounty that you put out. Yeah, I, I did a little charcuterie. And I've got some uh, uh, light. Laughing cow. Laughing cow. La vache qui rit. Which means the laughing cow in French. 
Well, aren't you <laughs> just something? <laughs> I, I guess I'm a legend in my own mind. Didn't you know that? Yes. So anyway, we have a lot of show to do. Should we uh, get to it? We get into Sally, and I got to say something about Sally. She is just everything. She's <laughs> been an actor, um, a singer-songwriter, and now she's written books. Amazing. And I love her to pieces, and I'm so glad we were able to reconnect. We had her on our show once before with um, her writing partner, Bob Henry Bob, the yes. third. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to reach out to him and get him on the show. That'd be great. And then reach out again and get them both on at the <laughs> same time, because I'm sure they have some great stories. But Sally will tell you all about her writing experience with Bob and how they write for each other. And, and I think um, Sally's invited us out to L.A., hasn't she? Yes, we're going out there. I can hardly wait. We're going to go out there and sit on our balcony, and she says, Tom, we got to make sure you bring wine. <laughs> I think that might be arranged. And I told her I'd bring some sassy mamas, and we're just going to yes. sit on our balcony and overlook the city and uh, have a good time. So let's get into our interview. Actually, we're not going to do the interview yet. We're going to go to her song. Ah, we're which... going to going to going a to a soiree. soiree. And I got to tell you, when you hear this song, you really think you are going to a soiree. So let's let's go with that. I'm going to a late night soiree where I can bring a special friend or two. You know, the invitation said, voulez-vous aller à une soiree? Which means a chic private party, and I want to take you. The host is a dapper Frenchman. Who's throwing this little dude? It's trending now on Twitter, but we're among the few who've been asked to early dinner. The place will be packed by two. The dress codes all are nothing. Extreme costumes are welcome too. I'm going to be a bluff. Yes, I'm going to see some stars there. Oh, come on, this go with me. Gonna do some dancing. Gonna do some sipping with me after So come on, sit with me, baby. They're serving bright blue daiquiris. And the bartender, oh, he's really cute. I hear they're shooting a movie too. But that's just between me, Facebook, and you. So wear your very hippest gear. Bring your little dog, too. And don't forget your platform shoes, darling. Let's play like we've never played. Let's get soiree. Gonna be a bubble. Gonna be the bomb. See some stars there. Oh, honey, and they'll see you, baby. A real big go house. Gonna be a blast. Now come on with me now, baby. Come on. Gotta wear your shoes. Put on that gown, honey. And wear that sweet French beret. Gotta wear your diamonds. Gotta wear those pearls. Let me take your 
our arms. We're heading for a great soiree. Going to be the boss. Honey, they'll see your grand self, baby. Going to a real big blowout. Going to be a blast. Come on, honey. Let's get going. The menu is international. And the waiters are stunning queens. The strippers come from Hustler. And the ladies all skipped out of that other magazine. The host flew in from Paris. And the champagne is all crystal. I hear Obama may show up, baby. Ooh. If not, he said he'd go. Gonna be some cameras, honey. Gonna be red carpet. So come on out, come on out, come on out, come on out. Gonna do some damage. Gonna have a ball. So baby, come with me right now. Gonna do some grooving. Gonna make some moves. Come on, go with me, honey. You know you wanna. It's gonna be some dancing. It's gonna be an evening, you know. Oh, you wanna go? You wanna go? You do? You do? You do? It's gonna be gonna be the party. Oh, honey, they'll see you, baby, in all your splendor. A real big party. So pour les boules, allez, baby. Sally Champlin. Thank you for joining us on Chords, Vines, and Dines. I am very excited. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here, darling. I just that we have missed each other, and it's time to get back together. It definitely is. Um, a lot has happened since you were on our show before. It's been a long, long time. And you, oh, yeah. you're a singer and a performer. Uh, you've been doing that for years, and... Mm -hmm. And I think when we last uh, uh, interviewed, you had just released your your new CD with uh, Bob Hanley the Third, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yep. And exactly. It was yeah. beautiful. Uh, There's so oh, many great so. songs on there. You and Bob yeah. are just great together. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we're gonna be listening to a couple of the of your songs from that CD, from that album. But what have you been doing since then? Well, let me let me do a little thumbnail for everybody who is following me, certainly. I have a wonderful Facebook group that turned itself very uh, liberal, progressive, political. And every single one of these new Facebook friends since the pandemic lockdown, mind you, have become um, an integral part of my larger family because when the lockdown happened we had to create that family online and so what m changed in my life completely was I could not sing in a nightclub because that could be a super spreader I could not really film anything on TV or in film because I know the intimate, uh, intimate details of how to do that filming and you can't do it safely at that time. So that was out. 
And so what did I do? I isolated because everybody isolated at that time, being that nobody knew anything and nobody, it was still pre-vaccine and we didn't know, but you know, everybody's all scared. So everybody would lock down until they knew more information and the vaccines started to happen. I'm totally full up on the vaccines, thank you very much. Uh, but we didn't have it at a time when it was really scary and no one understood what the nature of that disease was. We just saw a whole bunch of people dying around us. And so I isolated, and what I did, because I will always be a creative artist, is I started working on two novels. And I started rewriting on two novels with two completely different kinds of, of reader, readership or audience. And that kind of saved my sanity through the entire lockdown until everybody in the world learned new stuff about it, okay? Then it got safer, then we had vaccines, then we could join the world again, okay? And in the meantime, I have two books to sell. And for me, this lockdown has become uh, negative on the one hand, which everybody understands because everybody's affected. But on the other hand, I have a positive response from this lockdown, which is I now have finished two novels, over 300 pages each book. And they're two completely different books. And I'm real happy with it, and I'm very motivated. And guess what? I have never caught COVID ever. Oh, I'm good. fully vaccinated, fully vaccinated, and I will never not be. And I don't even want to have an argument about vaccines. Of course, they're reactions. They have nothing to do with me. Thank you, next. <laughs> I'm vaccinated. Life goes on. Sorry for you. Take care of it as best you can. But life goes on. Right. You know? Exactly. It just does. So, you know, and reconnecting with you is really important to me, Kat, uh -huh. because after this entire time where you told me a little bit about what you have had to do to survive with your family, oh, my God, I just, I look at you like you're now a major role model because you are doing oh, thank you. heroic work. You're doing heroic work on this earth with everybody being affected hideously all over the world. And you're surviving really well, and so are the people around you, and so am I, and I could not be more grateful. I love us reconnecting. I, I do. Love it. I really do. I remember the first time I met you, and it, mm -hmm. it was like we had known each other forever. <laughs> it wasn't just sort of like, hi, how are you? It's like, oh my gosh. You know, it, we just bonded and connected from day one, and it, uh -huh. it's yep. been great, and I've been following you. I know we haven't really chatted, but, uh, you know, for a long time, but it was so great, at least on Facebook and social media, to see what mm -hmm. you're doing, and I know when you moved, and you got this beautiful new place. And <laughs> oh, I love it. I have pictures. I'll show, I'll, I'll send you pictures later. I will. <laughs> I know. I'm still going to try and come out there. I know. I told Tom, I yeah. said, we should go out there and do the interview live. And he said, well, yeah, we could do that. And I said, well, I'm not sure exactly when we could do it. And I'd like to get Sally on the show sooner than later. But still go out. Maybe we could, you know, bring a brunch and I could bring some of my sassy mamas for you. You know what? You know what we can do, darling. We can do a setup of some finger food and some, you know, a bottle of wine. Thank you, Tom. A bottle <laughs> of wine and be out on the balcony and record out on my balcony where you hear the sounds of the city around you, especially during the dusk and evening hours. You hear the city, but it's very distant, and the feeling is almost like you're in the country. It's wow. just wonderful out there, and to have a lovely meal 
and to be social like we haven't been in how long now how many years the, the years like three years four years yeah it's not like I that where everybody's scared to group together in any kind of fashion right. I mean, it's finally we can come back to something that to me is necessary and others might say oh you have a balcony what a luxury no it's a necessity yeah we need to get back to that social feeling of comfort safety and bravery oh definitely and you're yeah. you are just absolutely remarkable with how you've come uh, through all of this and what are your books about I have two books, okay? Mm -hmm. One is called Troub's Alley. Now, Troub is a shortened name for Troubadour. And this guy, who is known as Troub, but his name is the Troubadour, that's his stage name for when he worked in vaudeville years ago. And he worked with Bojangles, and he is the wizard of the story that saves seven children and a cat by the name of Mr. Bright. Oh, wow. And they, and they go on this adventure because each of these kids in this city have some kind of dysfunction at home. And it's all different. But they all want to escape and fly away. Wow. What they do, what they do is seven kids bond together with each other to create their own family on a journey that is guided by the troubadour. True. And he creates a drawing at the end of a dead a of a dead end alley that is a fantasy land that no one has ever seen, but it is gorgeous. And he puts them into that world, seven kids and a cat, to have a journey together to learn how to cope with their a lot with their adult lives. They come back. They realize that they're in trouble the minute that they go, oh, isn't it beautiful? And oops, they find out more stuff about this fantasy land that has to do with they have to survive it. Not just enjoy it, but survive it. Right. And then they read, it's the parallel to their real world, which is when you grow up, there's crap you have to survive. Right. 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 You have to survive this stuff. So they go through what they think is their dream, and it's an adolescent dream, and it's fantasy land, and it's this, uh, they all get sent there by troop who is the guide so that they can grow up together as a group, understanding the strength of the group. They create their own chosen family. And that is exactly what we are having to do today in today's world. So this is a young adult story about how they are on a journey to discover themselves. Uh -huh. And they come back and they know better and their circumstances have changed since they were gone. And bottom line, the cat survives. Wow. And Mr. Wright lives to scratch another day. <laughs> and <laughs> that's the one. The other one is called Dead Stop at a Green Light. I'll repeat that. Okay. Dead Stop at a Green Light. Dead Stop at a Green Light. It is a procedural about a serial killer. But the point of view, it, it, it sounds traditional. It's tr it's untraditionally created in terms of how the story is told. And what it is is it's it's a story about a searcher who is looking for a killer. But where we mostly occupy our interest in the book, as you re as you read it, 
is you go back to the killer's mind and what drives him. And you begin to go, where's the next one? What's driving him next? And you want to almost skip the same parts of at the police station and so-and-so is doing this and that and all of the procedural stuff that we're used to, right, in L.A. law and stuff that we're used to. We want to go back into the crazy guy and figure out what the hell he's going to do next. So the tension of the book is to go from the good guy really hunting down a bad guy and the mind of a bad guy that basically in the beginning seems more interesting to read about than the good guy. Wow. Ultimately, <laughs> it, it, ultimately, it's a fight between the good guy and the bad guy. And at the very end, which I'm working, I was working on just like an hour ago, the very end of this book, you realize that the good guy is the bad guy and that the bad guy made up an imaginary character who was his partner. Oh, wow. And the imaginary partner leads him basically to his death, but basically to the, his realization that he'd been living a lie all his life. That sounds That's like a great be, book. That sounds like it should be I made into a movie. I mean, that would be a great I movie. Mean, I'm telling you, it started out as a screenplay. I t I'm telling you, and we're talking so many years ago, it started out as a screenplay. And nobody kind of understood it, including me. And I wrote the damn thing, right? So I'm just going, okay, what? So my agent said, make it a novel. Stretch it out. Explain more shit. And I'm going, okay, I will. Well, I've done it. And I'm in the middle of finishing my rewrite on the last chapter. This sucker kills. Oh, I can't wait. It just, it just, honey, I'm so excited by it. Now, that's the upside of the downside of being isolated for the past three years. Wow. You know? Yeah, well, like what does a creative person who cannot stop creating do when you're shut down, shut in, afraid of it, touching anybody or being standing next to anybody? What do you do? Right. I write two books. Good. I write two books, damn it all. Well, that's what... Yeah. Good. I can't wait to read them, too. Um, oh, honey, I would love to send them to you. Let me get them in a shapeable form, something that I consider to be readable by others so it makes total sense, no typos, blah, 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 blah. Right. And let, let me send it to you for first impressions. Okay. Because first impressions. First impressions, darling, are gold. Uh. Because nobody knows anything going in. They read, they have an idea, they have an attitude, they have questions or they're confused or whatever. I mean, that's just gold. So you being a cold reader... Is really important. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. I, Tom, too. Um, oh, I'd love to do that. I'd, I'd send you PDFs. Yep. And you can read them however you like. Yeah. That would be wonderful. Uh, yeah, that would be great. Very useful to me. Oh, yeah. we'll definitely, we'll definitely do that. Um, great. Can't wait. It sounds so exciting. <laughs> well, anyway, that's what I've been doing with the damn lockdown, feeling like I'm in jail, but also creating some wonderful stuff in, while I'm in jail, for heaven's sakes. Well, i got to do something, otherwise i go crazy. I know I... I know! I would go around taking pictures of my yard and playing in Photoshop. You do sunflowers. <laughs> you do the most gorgeous pictures of sunflowers. You should you should do a gallery on a, a series of sunflowers in a gallery. Oh, thank you. I've been thinking about that. Um, I'm joining. Please, gorgeous. I kind of let my membership lapse over at Dorland Art Colony, but I used to be associate artist over there, and wow. I'm thinking about joining back up again. 
because oh, I've yeah. got all these photos, and I thought, what am I going to do with them? But you're going to have, you're going to have a score, you're going to have a showing. That's what you're going to do. Oh, I'd love to that's do the that. That's the next thing in front of you. It's in yep. front of any photographer, any visual artist. This is showing of some kind. And I've got more coming up. I mean, each sunflower is their own individual personality, and and mm. you you can just see it in them. I, I go out and talk to them, and you know, help them along and straighten them up when they're mm. falling over. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're the sunflower mama. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're beautiful. Your images. You, I mean. Those are beautiful, and I look for them. Oh, good. I'm putting up today. Yes, I look for them. Yeah. Yeah, I put a couple on uh, yesterday, I think, and uh, then I've got my little veggie garden in the back, and I go out and take pictures of my tomatoes. And <laughs> oh, yes, you have that tomato, that amazing tomato. Yeah, the atomic the grape, the atomic yes. grape one. Yes. Oh my God! I just like oh my God! It's like a new breed of tomato. I'm, I love tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, you got me looking in my refrigerator now, going, "Where's some tomatoes? I'm making tomatoes." But yeah, I'll bring some. Uh, I'll bring some out to you when I come out. Um, what's Bob oh, Henley yeah. doing these days? Well, Bob is uh, involved with the church still. The well, with the choir basically of the church and his own family trio. With his sister and his brother Ron. Oh, good. And I see them. I see them doing a lot of things on Facebook that, you know, what I call musically possible. Without, again, everything is affected by the shutdown. Right. Um, can't be helped worldwide. Thank you. And but he's been doing well, and he's healthy, and he's uh, thinner than I am, honey. And he's um, he's singing his boo off. You know, he's doing. What right. he needs to do, I think he's also in a doo-wop group that is really good, and they play all around uh, L.A. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, and that, and uh, being the uh, choir instructor, which is how his he, how he was years and years ago when we first met and started writing together, and uh, like that, I mean, you're doing well. Well, we're going to listen to uh, going to a soiree. Which the two of you co-wrote, and I just love that. Uh, I just feel, you know, the whole beginning when you you, you work right into it, because I feel I do feel like I'm going to a soiree, and I'm going with Sally, and we're going to have a great time, and you know, I can just I just feel that. Oh, the video is great. Yes, I just I had so much fun. It's all green screen. We had so much fun. All we did was laugh, and it was in a small one-bedroom apartment, the entire video. Yeah. I just, I look at that, and I go, well, that was magic. <laughs> and then we're also going to listen to uh, Hollywood According to Sal. Oh, yeah. Great. Just great. And I love that, because you're standing in a field of clover. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I tell you now, I still am. I still am. Well, you're, I like it because when your world seems upside down, come on, honey, erase that frown. And you can't help but erase that frown you're listening to, the, to your music. So it's beautiful. And, and one other Listen, that... it's meant to do that. It's meant to do what is supposed to, what you're telling me it does. Oh, well, you've got... our music is going to be successful. You've got some beautiful music on there. 
And one we're not showcasing, though I do love the lyrics, A Journey of Love. Mm. And the lyrics are I just that, beautiful. I haven't sung that in ages. I remember singing that once. It was an open mic, and uh, and it was like I got like a standing ovation. It was like, oh my god! I didn't realize I had a secret hit on my hands. Oh, uh, the lyrics are just beautiful on like, oh here. My god, oh my god! Oh my god! This might be V one, whatever V one is. You know? Yeah. 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 Oh, it's nice. It's really for and you've got on your uh, on your CD. You've got all these great mm -hmm. songs on there. Um, oh, there's some great songs. Like there's a secret song that is a ballad called "Sweet Goodbye." Uh huh. And a friend of mine said, "Oh, I knew all of your other songs as you were in the studio." Blah blah blah. Process, process. And he was hearing samples all along the way. And he said, "I never heard this song." And I looked at it and went, the arrangement is killer. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a huge ballad, and the music and the arrangement is huge, huge enough for it. And I thought, oh, my God, we've got another big monster hit once it hits. I don't care who does it anymore, whether it's me or somebody else, because the song itself just stands on its own like mad. Wow. You know? Yeah, it just does. It stands on its own. It's a scary good so the anyway, name, darling. the name of the CD, it's called "It's Raining in L.A." and you've got uh, twelve songs on there. Now, are all twelve uh, with you and Bob writing it? Yes. What are you? What and, and just just for information's sake, his CD, which he can sell and sells out of what I call his back pocket, um, we did twelve. So we did twenty-four songs in two in five years making two CDs, 12 songs for me, 12 songs for him. So he's got his songs, which are amazing, and we did it all in a five-year session. Wow. Took a while. Took a while. I think you two are going to go down in history as a, a great songwriting duo. You're going to be right up there with everybody. That is so sweet of you to say so. Thank you so much. We work so hard and are so proud of our work. You know? Well, you should be. I think it's great. We had Bob on the show before and listened to some of his music. And I really don't know why you're just not, when people talk about songwriting duos, that they don't mention you, but you two because you should be in there. I know. I know. I think it just has to do with lack of access of the people talking about it. Well, we're going to do something about that. Get it out there saying, listen to this. <laughs> oh, that's, I love you, darling. You're like the producer of my dreams, the PR person of my dreams. It's true. Well, uh, Sal, you're the sweetest person ever, and I'm so glad we got to become friends years ago and glad that we were reconnecting okay. after the pandemic and everything going on. And I look forward to coming out and visiting with you. That would be so cool if you planned something and we could keep our fest and listen to music. Oh, yes. We'll do that. <laughs> so anything else you would like to add? Your website where people can find you? Well, the website is sallychamplin.com, period. And that's C-H-A-M-P-L-I-N. Correct. And uh, it's Sally, S-A-L-L-Y, so it's sallychamplin.com at gmail.com is my email, too. 
Okay. But sallychaplin.com is the site where you can sample the music from my CD. Oh, yeah. It is so good. It's really worth going over and checking checking it out. And I got to say, too, when we, before when you told me you were on, um, on a TV show, and I can't remember which one it was. I, I've never watched the show before, but I went back and found the episode you were in just so I could see you in there. Oh, come on. How sweet is that? That's divine. Thank you. I don't, I don't remember so exactly sweet. which. It might have been... Uh, God, it might have been an old Dragnet, maybe. I can't remember. I did a drag. I did a Dragnet with uh, Ed O'Neill. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. With Ed O'Neill of Married with Children. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a lot, lot of uh, credits, movie and TV credits. Oh, yeah. Honey, I've been working since the mid '80s. I did, I didn't realize it until I looked at my IMDb and was really writing and redoing my own resume. I've been in this industry a damn long time. <laughs> time flies, uh, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> well, Sally, I want to thank you so much for taking the time and uh, being on Chords, Vines, and Dines. I appreciate you. and um, I appreciate you, babe. And yeah. we'll, we'll stay in touch. Mm-hmm. Right. Play thank- the songs, play the songs. Love I will be playing these songs. Thank you so much. Great. Come on, baby, come on over. Because here I am, standing in a field of clover. When your world seems upside down, come on, honey, erase that frown. Ain't it time y'all just came around? Come be my friend, my teacher, my pal. It's only you and your gal, Sal. Explore it all. Come join us, we go round. Hollywood according to South Hollywood according to South Come to Hollywood according to South Come to Hollywood according to South I've been here long enough to know It ain't all talk, it ain't all show It's an easy life if we choose to make it so So come be my friend, my teacher, my pal Come see your one Rejoice and sing, we'll raise our own morale Here at Hollywood according to South Hollywood according to South Here at Hollywood according to South Come to Hollywood according to South Oh now, yeah Come on, let's be joyful Just lay down all
it's only you and your guts out. Don't miss the fun. Come join us, we go out. Here at Hollywood, according to sound. Come on, Hollywood, according to sound. Come to Hollywood, according to sound. Come to Hollywood, according to sound. we are to have her as a guest and a friend and like i said during the interview she was one of those people that when i first met her it seemed like i'd known her forever right we just hit it off so well and uh, it's been quite a while and at the end of her interview we listened to hollywood according to sal she's a trip isn't she i just love her i just can't get enough of her um such a sweetheart and going to a soiree and and she's giving us going to send us copies pdf copies of her two books so we can wonderful do a critique on it for her i just love her energy don't you great great energy yep nice to have such a positive force in our world yes it is so we're going to do you want to go on to uh game of foods okay and since we have such a full show i thought we would uh, do just one would you like ingredients or cooking tools and techniques oh god give me ingredients okay this is the one you're going to ask me right or you want me to ask you okay that one all right black truffles the famous luxury fungi that grow underground and can only be rooted out by dogs and pigs come from which country switzerland France, Spain, or the United Kingdom? Oh, wait a minute. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Where do uh, black truffles come from? What was that? Switzerland, France, Spain, or the United Kingdom? Switzerland. <clears throat> France. Yep. <laughs> God, that was my first. I should have said that. 
I was actually going to say Germany, but that wasn't <laughs> one of the answers. Uh, cooking tools and techniques. Alrighty. In the strictest Italian tradition, Neapolitan pizza may only be baked in an oven fueled by A, coal, B, gas, C, electricity, or D, wood. D, wood. Yes. God, I <laughs> thought I was going to give you a hard one. Well, they're random. Uh, we, I just pull them out of the box, and they are what they are. So, um, what else were we going to talk about? Didn't we have something else? We've got, well, we've got 4th of July. 4th of July. Uh, summer's here. It's hot. And, oh, I wanted to wish the city of Wildemar a yeah. happy 15th. Was that yesterday? That was yesterday, mm -hmm. 15th birthday. Happy birthday, Wildemar. Yes, they Which had is a, your home. Yes, where I live. My hometown. Well, not hometown, but my home right now. And uh, they had a big party at the park. Marna O'Brien Park. Marna O'Brien. That's with, a great park. With music and mm -hmm. um, a lot of good things happening. Wildemar is really coming up. Really is. Getting big. And I see you have a black Moscato grape you're about to plop in your mouth. Uh, chomp, chomp, chomp. So sweet, aren't they? And everything from Melissa's is wonderful. And we're going to have Robert Schuler back on the show from Melissa's Produce. And we're going to talk about this bounty that we're digging into. Uh, Melissa's Produce, our official produce sponsor, melissas.com. Mm. And this week I'll choose a recipe. Promise. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have a special wine. Oh, yes. So we are drinking uh, from the Ribeiro del Duero, which is a region in Spain. This is the Monte Albion uh, Tempranillo, aged five months in oak. So it's a, a young wine, very little oak contact, and it's part of the European portfolio. It's located in the famed, as I said, the Ribeiro del Duero. And uh, it's 100% Tempranillo, which can stand uh, on its own with grilled juicy meats. And it's uh, aged five months in French and American oak barrels, an elegant nose, and black fruits, fresh spices, and a pleasant aftertaste. I, I really like this wine. It's just an easy drinker. Did you know that uh, it is it is very good? But I was just going to say, did you know that there's another winery in Temecula? I know there's one coming. Is there one open? Uh, yeah, it's Julie's Dream Winery. Mm. I have met Julie several times and uh, had been waiting for it to open, so uh, that sounds like a field trip to me. Yeah, on Cali Contendo. Yep. Now, just before you get to, uh, well, it's before you get to Faulkner and, uh, what am I thinking of, Akash and um, Long Shadow. Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I know where it's Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's make a plan to field trip. Field trip. Oh, I see a field trip in our future. we got a couple of field trips we've yep. got to do. So, and then, oh, you saw Paul Thorne at uh, oh, Belly Up. Oh, my goodness. Paul is, uh, I'm so blessed to have gotten to know him and uh, to have the relationship I, I do with, with him and with his uh, tour manager and co-writer, Billy Maddox. And uh, they, they just are gracious. Um, very briefly, their drummer is Jeffrey uh, Perkins. And I was at the Belly Up Saloon in Solana Beach, and I was probably five or six feet from the stage on the side of the stage. And so uh, they started off with a song that, that Paul and Billy wrote called There's Something Out There and started with kind of gently strumming and singing. And then I was so focused on that, all of a sudden, Jeffrey and the bass player, Ralph Friedrichsen, boom! <laughs> <laughs> and I re really literally about jumped out of my chair, and it was on. 
And at the end of the show, I went up to Jeffrey. I said, Jeffrey, could I have a stick? It's one of my things. I like to collect drumsticks. And he runs back on stage, and he comes back. He said, well, I killed this one. <laughs> and, and it was literally the, the t- top Broke, half of yeah. the stick was gone. But he's broken it off. And he said, this one I just beat a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, great, oh, guys. Thanks. If you ever get a chance to see Paul Thorne, I can guarantee you will not be disappointed. And you'll be a convert. Oh, I'm sorry I missed this one. I saw him before, though, with yeah. you. And maybe the next time he comes into town. Yep. So, anyway, I'd like to go on to, to Barry Keenan. So excited. And I'm so sorry I missed the interview, but I had other things that I had to take care of. Oh, I forgot. We're also going to have uh, Brian Keeling on yes. the show next Sunday. My goodness. We had to keep postponing. He's on tour right now, I believe. And so we've had a hard time. Trying to schedule. We've just had the best guests lately, yes. haven't we? Yes, and uh, I've known Brian, another one, for, for several years uh, when he was drumming for Shooter Jennings. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's also played with Eric Sardinas and just a lot of great artists. So he'll be on next week, correct? Yes. Uh, we're going to interview him on Wednesday, and we'll have him on the Sunday show. With Rick and Lisa and Robert Schuler. Yeah, so we've got a good, good threesome for next Sunday. Yes, we do. And so, anyway, let's go on to Barry Keenan. Like I, I said in the beginning of the interview, I met him through a mutual friend, uh, producer Ma- Mandy Martin, who has since mm-hmm. passed away. But um, anyway, Barry has just been an incredible person, friend, musician, everything about him and his, oh, I'm just really happy for the way things are going for yeah. him now. Just beautiful. So let's go on to uh, our interview with Barry. And then after that, we already listened to a little snip of his uh, song. North Country. Wow, North what a Country. great song. And he'll tell you about that. And then after the interview, we're going to listen to that song in its entirety, along with his other, uh, the other song, Which Don't is, Give Up Your Dream. Yep. <laughs> was just flipping over your page to read it for you, but Don't Give Up Your Dream. And so let's just go on to... Barry. Well, Barry Keenan, I am so happy to be connected with you again after all this time. You and I have been friends for a long, long time, and we met through our mutual friend Mandy Martin, and we kind of lost touch for a while, but I've been following you on Facebook and all the social medias, and I'm just so glad to have you on Chords, Finds, and Dines. So how have you been? Oh, I, I couldn't be better. Things are going great. Um, working, working hard as usual, and uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, irons in the fire, movies, recordings, concerts, all kinds of stuff. So uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, the next uh, couple of years ahead. I think they're going to be great, yeah. That's wonderful. Um, I think the last time I saw you was was at Kulak's Woodshed a long time ago. Oh, oh yeah, I haven't been back there since. <laughs> I well, they were shut, they were down for a while during the whole COVID thing, and I'm glad to see they're back up. I'm not sure what what the status is now, but it looked like they were doing back up and doing going good again. I hope that was a fun yeah. place. Yeah, it's a great room to uh, showcase your songs and get a video and, you know, and, and go out to the Internet. So, uh, you know, Paul Kulak's doing a good thing for helping artists. 
it's a funky place and it's a pretty cool place. Yeah. That's the only way to describe it is funky. When I when I first time I was there and I was telling my friends about it later, I said the only way to describe that is it's funky. <laughs> But it's cool. It's funky cool. So, and as long as I've known you, and I, and really, I don't know much about your past before I met you. And I was reading over your bio, and you started recording professionally at age 13. Is that true? Oh my gosh. That that is true, yeah. I had a manager back in Boston where I grew up, and, uh, we had a band, the, 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 it was called the Neptunes, and the guys in the band were a little older than me. Um, and, uh, but I was, I got in there, and uh, we started, we, the manager took us into a studio called Ace Recording in South Boston, and we recorded uh, the first song I ever wrote called The Desert Shall Blossom. And, uh, yeah, and that was the start of it. Um, you know what? I'm not really good on time, and maybe I should change that. It might have been age 15. Uh, I'm not really sure, but I know it was sometime. You know, I, I started out seriously in music when uh, when I was in the either seventh or eighth grade. Uh, so some somewhere in that period. Well, that uh, we went into the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were doing major publishing deals in New York at age 19. And you're that's, yeah. Ah, that's incredible. That's, that, well, you know, I lucked out. I, you know, I was very, very determined. And um, actually, when I was age 16, I went um, through my my dad was uh, taking piano lessons on Saturday mornings, and this guy named Charlie Rose was his teacher, and Charlie. Um, one day, um, my dad said, yeah, my son Barry writes songs. So I played a couple of songs for Charlie, and it just so happened that Charlie's daughter married a guy by the name of Al Altman, who was, um, he was uh, one of the uh, um, uh, professional managers at Chapel Music, which later became Warner Chapel, but at that time it was Chapel. And... Uh, he said, you know, your songs are pretty good, I, you know, for a 16-year-old kid. He said, would, you know, uh, would you like to meet my uh, son-in-law? And I said, absolutely. So I, I drove down uh, to New Jersey. I think my mother drove me there. And uh, I went to Al Alton's house, and I played him some songs. He said, you got talent, kid. And that started me uh, with my New York connection. I later um, went to Port Authority. Uh, you, you, everybody's got pretty much the same story from back then. I had $40 in my pocket when I was 19, and I went, to, I went to Port Authority, and I started calling all the major record companies in New York, um, and, uh, of course, saying, you know, hey, I'm Barry Keenan. I just got to town. Um, would you like to hear my music? No. <laughs> uh, but there was one guy, his name was Bob Cobb, and he worked for Billy Davis. Um, he ran his publishing company, and Billy Davis was vice president of McCann Erickson. Um, and uh, the president at that time was Bill Backer. And those guys were riding high in the world because they were, I'd like to teach the world to sing. Right. And so, yeah, so I went, 
uh, Bob Cobb was moving his office. He was at 1650 Broadway, and he um, he was I think he was on the second floor, and he wanted to, he was moving up to you know the 20th floor or something, and he was had boxes everywhere, and I caught him right at the right time. I said, you know, I just got to town. I have music. Would you like to hear it? And he said, you know, I'm tired of moving boxes. Yeah, come on over. And I did, and I played him music, and I got a deal. Oh, great. Got yeah, it. so that that was a company called uh, Shada Chevis, and Billy Davis uh, produced me. Uh, I had the best musicians in New York at the time, and Andy Newmark being one of them who played the drums on Double Fantasy with John Lennon. Oh, my and, God. Uh, yeah, and I was just, you know, I was writing these songs, and they're recording them. Um, they were, their their big bread and butter was, uh, you know, writing commercials, and I, I took a stab at writing commercials, and I, I wrote one called uh, For Heinz 57 Steak Sauce, and I remember, I still remember, that was something like, do something for the ones you love, give them Heinz 57 Steak Sauce, <laughs> and... Uh, they, uh, it just wasn't my bag. I was just going, I don't want to write about steak sauce. I want to write about life. <laughs> and so um, uh, so they took me seriously as a writer. Um, and, uh, you know, that was it was a great time. Wow. Before I came to Hollywood. I spent four years there in New York. Wow, that's incredible. That is, that's one of those rag-to-riches stories, so to speak. Um, well, I wasn't pretty good when I was there. You know, they were really taking good care of me. So, yeah, it was a regular Richard sort of thing, yeah. Um, and you've worked with recording artists with Beck and Warren Zevon and Sting, Devo, Pantera, No Doubt, the Goo Goo Dolls, Cranberries. <laughs> yeah, I know that was really just only a few. And, and the story behind that, I was very, uh, well, the people that worked on my bio were very, careful to write that I worked on the recorded music of and I did and the reason I worked with so many people during that time in the 90s was because I was mixing uh, I was one of uh, two mixing engineers uh, Bob Tucker was one and I was the other and uh, we were on TV at the time which was um, recording live concert footage of all the major acts at that time and they had a show that aired on uh, ABC on I think it was Saturday nights here at midnight but it aired it was a national program it was called on tour and uh, so I got to mix and uh, work with many of those people because um, you know everybody was very uh, particular the artists were about you know what what was going to go out the door, you know, and, and people were going to listen to. Um, so so that's why the resume has so many of those people. Um, but I got to work with some great people, and the one that, that stood out the most to me was Devo. They, um, you know, because I always just thought they were kind of a goofy band, but those guys, they came into the studio, um, and they were just like, these guys were like scientists. I mean, these, <laughs> they were incredible they were playing odd time signatures. I had no idea what they were doing. Um, and it was just, I was just blown away by those guys. Um, but, you know, and, and there were some other people. There was a kind of a cool thing that happened with Sting. Um, Sting had a big hit record at that time called uh, I'm So Happy I Can't Stop Crying. And um, it was kind of a, a 
kind of a goofy country song. And so uh, Sting had a deal where he was, you know, when he was touring, uh, he would bring somebody out of the audience and bring them up on stage, and they would sing harmony with him. It was a pretty easy song, and, and it, most of the people that came up, it worked that they could sing well enough that they did harmony with him. And, and uh, But this particular time, I forget what city they were in, but it was being uh, taped for broadcast for ABC, and the guy that Sting picked was just absolutely horrendous. It was so bad they were... <laughs> Laundry as to what are we going to do? Uh, Sunshine TV was it was like what are we going to do? ABC was like what are you going to do? Sting's management was like what are you going to do? So I was sitting in the studio and I said, look, don't worry, I'll just I'll just loop, I'll sing, you know, to what the guy was doing and I'll add the harmony. And I did and bailed everybody out. But the the end of the story is now fast forward maybe 40 years later, and I'm playing this little club called the Unurban Cafe in Santa Monica, a little coffee shop, and a friend of mine, Joel Gottler, um, who's uh, uh, one of the biggest literary agents in the United States, um, what he does is he finds uh, scripts and books that he likes, and then he, they turn them into movies, the last big one that I uh, that I remember was Wolf of Wall Street is his movie and uh, Joel came in and he brought Sting's manager in with him when I was doing this little gig and I met her afterwards and uh, I said do you remember that time when you know Sting and on tour she goes I sure do I said well I'm the guy that bailed you out and she said well if I didn't thank you then I'm thanking you now so <laughs> That was the end of the story, yeah. But pretty cool. So that's why all those names are in there. That's um, a cool yeah. story, though. It's <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, I, I loved doing it, and it was uh, fun listening to... Uh, I was hanging out with Gwen Stefani and Tony Canal and, those, and, you know, Adrian and Tom from No Doubt during that period. And wow. um, it, it was right when... Um, when uh, Gwen Stefani was uh, seeing Gavin from Bush and they were getting serious. And uh, uh, I remember I was at Gwen's house and I was just leaving and her and Gavin were coming up and I said, hey, you know, I'm probably the first engineer that ever got to mix, mix both of you. And uh, I said, the only problem is it's just that, you're, you know, you're, the amps are so loud that uh, the bleed going into your mics is really making it difficult to mix and Gwen said see that Gavin you need to turn down anyway so that's uh, that was all during that period and it was more during my engineering days uh, my engineering days I've, um, although I do engineer everything I do uh, you know I got out of engineering um, working in studios around town um, I just basically uh, just engineer my own music, and that's it now. Wow. Well, you've got the band now, uh, the Invisible Poet Kings. Yeah, we've uh, well, we just did a concert out here in Simi Valley uh, about three weeks ago. Um, I was real happy because we had like over twenty five hundred people, and uh, and that's real good for me. Um, but 
Um, you know, we're we're working. Uh, we've been recording. We have an album called Mutiny in the Dream Tent, which we have not yet released. Um, then I have I have four albums that aren't released, and I'm working on a fifth. And I'm kind of, uh, you know, it's it's against the grain my thinking uh, on this. But uh, you know, most people nowadays, you know, they record a song wherever they record it, in their home studios or on their computers or whatever, and then they release them, and then they build their followings. But I, I just don't see any reason to release anything until I have uh, uh, enough promotion and marketing behind me. And so so I have all this un, unreleased recorded <laughs> material, but I'm getting very, very close now to, um, to this movie I'm working on and... Uh, through some other people that I'm working with, this guy Doug Ivanovich, um, who was behind uh, one of the principal people behind Live Aid and uh, uh, Comic Relief and Farm Aid, uh, he's planning a um, um, a Unity and Peace World Concert, and he's looking at next May. Um, from uh, he was ready to go right when COVID hit and then that put the kibosh on the whole thing but he's resurfaced but the cool thing about it is uh, he's expecting an audience of about 2 billion people oh wow uh, he's got he's got 80 countries involved and he's got 60 stages booked and uh, if memory serves me correctly I'm pretty sure he said he's got the Coliseum at uh, USC booked for the LA bands or bands in this area Wow. Um, so, yeah, so it could be a pretty good thing. I figure if I can get on the bill, which I have a really good shot at um, because we're working together. Um, uh, it's what, what happened was I met him uh, in a studio and uh, we swapped music. Uh, this guy travels all over the world and uh, works with artists um, of different genres. And... Uh, uh, he's um, he, their their theme song for this. He got the idea to take the song Grease, you know, Grease is the red, is the red, kind of kind of song. And um, Barry Gibb is a good friend of his, so he went to um, Barry Gibb and said, "Do you mind if I rewrite the lyric to uh, Grease?" And make it peace. And Barry gets said, with my blessing, go ahead. So uh, Doug Ivanovich and his wife, I'm sorry, I don't remember her name right now, but uh, they rewrote the lyric. And so um, uh, they brought it to Barry Gibb, and according to Doug, uh, Barry Gibb said, well, it's a heck of a lot better than the crap I wrote. <laughs> so, uh, so, but uh, when Doug... Um, when Doug uh, gave me, uh, you know, gave me the lyric, he said, you know, I'm, can we, can you do something that would improve, you know, the the feel and the intensity of of the song? So I went and basically rewrote it. I kept little bits of the music here and there that Barry Gibb had written, and just enough to go. That sounds familiar. Uh, but I, I rewrote a lot of the lyrics and stuff, and, and I added a bit more intensity and thought-provoking uh, lyrics. And uh, just just played it to Doug. Uh, he was here at my studio a couple of weeks ago, and 
uh, he really liked it a lot. So I may have the theme song for the whole uh, Unity and Peace concert, and uh, and then if I get to perform, well, I figure if I two billion people, I could probably pick up at least twenty more fans. I would think. Out of that. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> You know, who knows? Well, don't uh, forget. Yeah. No, I say, don't forget you need a, your personal paparazzi. I'm available, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's all great. I'm I'm happy that these things are going on, and uh, just have to see how they they pan out. But uh, I have developed a good relationship with Doug Ivanovich, and uh, we're going to be working. Um, together on uh, a few things um that's great i don't need to go all of it now but they're all they're all good things and they're all exciting and uh uh you know and it can really help launch the career big time all of this stuff and including the movie i'm working on so uh i was just going to ask you about that tell me about don't give up on your dream well don't give up on your dream um uh, I'll have to back up. The, um, there's a guy called uh, Denny Diante, um, who was a um, very successful record producer over the years. Um, I know that Billboard had him listed as one of the top 100 producers of all time. Um, but um, uh, just recently, like this past week, he said, I don't know who, who made this claim, but uh, he said he was just voted as in the top five record producers of all time. Um, bottom line, and he's, he's lying, he's done a lot of stuff. And I was working with him through a friend of mine um, who I, I'm doing some business with. Um, his name's Peter Burke, and he's been in the industry for a long time. And uh, I had finished an album with the band, which I mentioned earlier, Meet in the Dream Tent, and uh, my friend Peter sent it down to Denny Deontay, and Denny loved it, and he said that he wanted to start working with me. Um, and what he was doing at the time was um, he was uh, in the process of starting a, a new record label, and he wanted uh, us to be uh, his flagship act to put out. So that was all good. Um, uh, but what happened was he got called from Karen Kevorkian, who uh, is a scriptwriter uh, and movie producer in Detroit. And Karen, um, he, he called Karen and, and said uh, she hired him as a music supervisor for the movie. And so um, uh, he heard the song I, I, I wrote, I actually co-wrote, and it was uh, it's called I Can Fly. And he loved that. It wasn't on the album with the band. It was just a solo thing I did. And uh, he uh, he said, I have an end credits for your movie because he had read the script and all of that and uh, played I Can Fly to Karen, and she flipped over it. So she contacted me, and then she sent me the script. And uh, in reading the script, I had a song that I wrote back in the 80s called Don't Give Up In Your Dream, but it it wasn't when I went back and listened to it. Um, uh, it didn't. Uh, it, I, it needed some work. So, but the, the theme fit totally fit her movie. So then I wrote that and demoed. I shouldn't say demo. I, I recorded it for real and sent it to her. 
uh, and she flipped out over that. So then she kept saying, uh, could you write some more? So I did, and we were using... Um, we were using uh, Love Actually as a template because Love Actually had 27 songs in it. And uh, we decided that we would, um, uh, she said, why don't you just keep writing songs? So as it stands right now, I have 23 songs in the film. Wow. Um, and it'll be used as an underscore uh, throughout out the movie. So... Um, so that's where Don't Give Up In Your Dream, I resurrected that and rewrote it and re-recorded it and uh, it changed some of the lyrics to fit her script, uh, you know, it was a little closer to what she was doing and, and it worked. Um, and, and in the meantime, she had Steve Dorff, I don't know if you know the name Steve Dorff, but yeah. he's, in the, he's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame, well he's, he was brought on now a film composer and uh, the cool thing about it is too is that um, the movie is spearheaded by Arthur Sarkeesian and he has done over a billion dollars at the box office um, he's a very successful producer he he, um, he discovered Sandra Bullock and uh, did the first movie on her while you were sleeping, I don't know if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, I just watched that the other day. It was, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a great movie, and that was Arthur's. And then he went on and he did Rush Hour one, two, and three. He did uh, recently. I just I just saw this. I didn't know it was his film, but I saw the protege with Michael Keaton and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. And at the end, it's produced by Arthur Sarkeesian. Oh wow, Arthur did that, and <laughs> he did. You know, he did the, the the Foreigner with Pierce Brosnan, which is a movie I just watched, and I said, "Well, that's really great too." And uh, you know, he's he he knows what he's doing, so we're excited that we're working with him, and uh, he's 100% behind this uh, movie. When uh, when KK and I, uh, I'm sorry, we call her KK, Karen Gorkin, when when we got. Um, uh, when our relationship developed uh, more and more as this was going along, she asked me one day, she goes, Barry, so, so what do you think of, uh, uh, what do you think of the script? Be honest with me. And I said, well, you know, uh, there's a lot of cliches in there and some of the scenes could be uh, maybe carried out a little longer. And so she said to me, uh, Kate, will you fix it? I said, sure. So I went through and I, I rewrote a lot of it and added new things, and uh, uh, she was just like, wow, so that new version is the version that has really put us over the hump, and so now I'm a scriptwriter, too. Oh, God, that's <laughs> cool. You also had a song uh, nominated for a Grammy. Well, yeah, I was on the, I, I made the, the Grammy ballot for um, best uh, best vocal, best vocal in the in the rock category and best album. My album is called uh, "From My Pulpit in the Asylum," and that was uh, up for best rock album. Um, and I did make you know I was on the ballot and I I made the first round of voting. I made it into the final ballot, uh, but I got beat up by some uh, people like uh, Paul McCartney and. Chris Cornell and some oh, fighters. Just a few minor people. people. <laughs> yeah, people that just have a little bit bigger following than I do. So um, 
but I jokingly tell everybody, you know, they only take the top five for broadcast. And uh, I tell everybody I came in sixth. <laughs> but, but really, I have no idea. It's probably, you know, who knows where I was. I was probably at the bottom. But it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I, uh, uh, it was great. And um, it, the song was called um, uh, In the North Country. And um, uh, it's just, uh, it was a little soul project, that, you know, that I did here in my studio. And uh, uh, the album, I, I made a deal with a company called Big Noise Back East. And they're the ones that, uh, you know, did the whole Grammy push um, and, and got, made that happen. So, you know, so that was cool. That so was exciting for a while. We listened to a little snip of the North Country um, at the beginning of the of the broadcast, and we're going to listen to mm-hmm. all of that. And also on um, Don't Give Up On Your Dream, those are the two songs. We're going to listen to both of those in their entirety. So, oh, great. Yeah. I think um, everybody needs to hear those because they're beautiful songs, and I've always loved your music from the very first time that I heard you. And even though we haven't been in touch over the last few years, I do follow you on Facebook and social media, and um, well, just really glad that yeah. we connected again. Yeah, well, you're way down there in, in Temecula, you right. know. And so I don't, I don't get to that part of town very often, but. Um, as a matter of fact, I should say never. But, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm still here in L.A. and still, uh, uh, you know, still recording all the time. And, and, you know, I'm trying to get this band out to the public. That's a that's a big thing. That's, out of all of this, that's the hardest thing to do. you got, is, some, uh, you got great players in your band, too. I do, Voice McGinley the third. Um, and if anyone who knows Voice would know that you, you scratch your head and go, I can't believe this, two other ones. <laughs> but uh, no, Voice is great. He's, he's been drumming with me for 15 years. Um, Ed Krasaniak, uh, really great guitar player. Um, uh, I, I, I took Ed because I was really looking for someone who could shred because um, the, the music... The songs are, are um, you know, they're very s- sort of 60s, 70s based, classic kind of songs. So um, I had no connection really in my writing to what was going on in the in the 90s. And I wanted somebody who could add that element. So that's why I brought Ed in. Uh, and he does, you know, he takes, you can imagine like a Beatles song only with Eddie Van Halen playing the solos, you know, that's. And that's kind of what I was going for, and that's worked out. And the newest member is uh, Greg Piper, um, which, uh, you know, he's been the big missing link because he has come in and really transformed this band um, for many reasons. He's a great videographer and and, uh, editor, so he's been working on all the videos. Um, And then um, uh, his brother is Tim Piper, and the two of them uh, traveled the world. Tim Piper was the premier uh, one-man John Lennon show um, around the world. They traveled, and uh, his brother just did an incredible John Lennon. Looked just like him, and uh, had all his mannerisms down and his, you know, his vocals down. And so, uh, you know, he's very uh, way more um, 
knowledgeable about touring and stage and all of that stuff than I am. And so he's really brought a, a whole new dynamic to the band. So, you know, I'm just trying to get the band out there, you know, I, I'm looking for gigs, but... Well, maybe we can get you out here to Temecula. Well, you know, we do we do two things. We, you know, we we have, um, you know, a, a 800 million decibel rock band, which I love, but we also do acoustic, um, you know, so we can we can really tone it down, you know, and do acoustic guitar and piano stuff. So, uh, so yeah, if there's anything going on to make it, we're about to I'll, get down there. I'll you, put your word out. I'll put the word out for you. Love to see you. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to get down there. Either that or I have to go to L.A. to see you. So, Well, Barry, well, I, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time and, uh, and, and for being on the show on Chords, Vines, and Dines. And I look forward to following you some more and keeping further in touch with you. And now your website, you've got uh, InvisiblePoetKings.com. Is that the yes, best place yes. for people to find you or Facebook? Yeah, they um, my Facebook page is, you know, facebook.com slash Barry Keenan. Um, so I'll pop up there. And uh, uh, also on Facebook, invisiblepodkings.com. I don't manage that one so much because I, more my, my personal page. But my personal page is really all about music. Um, I do throw some family stuff in there every now and then, but it's mostly about music. So, you know, people can stay in touch that way if they, if they like. And I love hearing from people. So if anyone wants to say hi, you know, more than welcome. Well, I'll put so, the info out for you. We'll get everybody out there and maybe go in and say hi to you. Great. Good. And, uh, you know, it's great talking to you. Um, yeah, I miss it. Me. Miss you. It's yeah. We had some good times yes. back then, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we keep the good times rolling. We've got to. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks right. a lot, Barry, and uh, we we'll look good. forward to talking to you. Maybe in a few months we'll revisit you and see what's what's going on. Absolutely. Hopefully by then I have a hit music and a hit movie, and, and we're moving forward. Sounds good. Okay. Thank right, you. Yeah, well, thanks so much. Okay. Talk Take to you. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. There's a mystical road somewhere that takes you to the North Country. They tell me it's beautiful there. Up
Cat, we're going to have to have Barry back on the show because I didn't get to talk with him. And uh, what a great, amazing story and a nice man. Oh, definitely. I told him we'd visit him again in a couple of months and see what get updates on everything he was talking about. It was it's great. I really, really like like Barry a lot. I wish that we could uh, be closer to be more in touch with him with his music. But I get to follow him on Facebook. There you go. And I'm anxious for Sally's books. Of course, her music is just timeless. It's just absolutely beautiful. And she's just a sweetheart. Yes. And uh, we'll, we'll get back with her when her books get published and uh, right. talk some more about that. Maybe we'll do an interview when we go out and sit on her balcony. How fun. And we should. We should do that. So anyway, I guess that's it for this July 2nd, Chords, Finds, and Dines. Time flies when you're heavily sedated. <laughs> isn't that isn't there a song <laughs> like that i want to be sedated yeah, the ramones <laughs> the ramones so anyway tom thank you so much thank uh, you cat and thank you everybody for listening to chords finds and dines hi this is martha davis from the motels and you're listening to 10 temecula entertainment network well,